Before we begin our Torah study, we'd like to pray together. Would you join me? Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Amen. Every year at Hanukkah, we read about the life of Joseph, and something just kept hitting me during worship. Two years. Can you say that with me? Two years. Two years too long, I think, is what Joseph probably thought. He was told that the, the chief butler was going to go out when he got his freedom, and he was going to speak a word on his behalf in order to uh, help Joseph get released from prison. But what happened with the chief butler? He forgot Joseph. Two long years. Well, the life of Joseph teaches us something. Not only that people can forget, but it teaches us that we can discover God wherever we are, no matter what the situation is and no matter what the circumstances. You can learn, in fact, to use your difficult circumstances so that they will help you become God's man or God's woman. They'll help you be in the right place at the right time. You might say, well, how did that work to help Joseph? I'll tell you. If he'd gotten out of prison earlier, how would they have found him when Pharaoh needed an interpreter for his dreams? The Lord knew how to keep Joseph right where he needed to be so that he could be used according to God's big plan. Now, sometimes you and I are not interested in God's big plan. We're interested in our little plan. We got little ideas about things that God can do for us. We tell him, we try to convince him. We pray and say, God, you need to say amen to my good plans. But God plans the universe. He's capable of planning far beyond our abilities. And it's important for us to learn to submit our lives to him, to learn to make plans in the spirit where God gives us plans and we say amen to those. Difficult circumstances sometimes are perfect circumstances to develop us. They can be the perfect circumstance to allow the glory of God to be revealed. Usually when I think of Joseph, I think he had a difficult situation. Would you agree with me? Family problems, right? How many of you have experienced any family rejection? Or did all of your siblings like you all the time? Never said an unkind word or mistreated you? Well, Joseph really had it tough. He was thrown into the pit, sold into slavery, rejected, ended up in a foreign country. And then he was a faithful servant in the household of Potiphar. And... Things just went perfectly from there, right? I liked what Rabbi Yuri Korshin said last week. Joseph, don't worry. Don't worry. We've read ahead in the next chapters. Things work out. <laughs> Joseph had to walk through a lot of difficulty. The more you're familiar with 
the story of Joseph, the more easy it will be for you to understand how God is working in your life as well. But I want you to understand something else. Pharaoh was in a difficult situation too. Pharaoh was in a situation where he was experiencing something that he knew had uh, historical significance, but he didn't know what it was. He had dreams, and he could not find among all of his wise men and all of his magicians, the greatest people he had in his courts could not interpret his dream for him. Now, switch right back to Joseph if you can. And remember, what got Joseph into trouble? Dreams. What got him out of trouble? Dreams. And it just shows the same thing that can get you into trouble can get you out of trouble. The very thing that God wants to use in the end may be troubling for you in the beginning. That's how it was. So Pharaoh's trying to find someone who can interpret, and that's when his chief butler says, oh, Pharaoh, I forgot. There's a man in prison who can interpret dreams. And if you turn to Genesis 41, we can look at just some highlights. Verse 1 says, it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh had a dream. And then skipping to verse 8, it came to pass in the morning his spirit was troubled. He sent, he called for all the magicians of Egypt, all its wise men. Pharaoh told them his dreams that there was no one, there was no one who could interpret them for Pharaoh. And then the chief butler spoke to Pharaoh saying, I remember my faults today. And then he tells Pharaoh about Joseph. Verse 14, we're just going through the highlights of chapter 41. I want to encourage you to read not just chapter 40 run, read the whole Torah. Read it week by week. In order to be on track with us, read before you come to services so that you know what we're talking about. And then after services, in the following week, read again in order to, to take another look. But be familiar. Build your familiarity. The life of Joseph is an important an important um, episode in the history of Israel and all mankind. The chief butler spoke to Pharaoh saying, I remember my faults this day. Verse 14, skipping ahead. And so Pharaoh sent and called Joseph. And they brought him quickly out of the dungeon. Isn't that a great place to be waiting for two years? And he shaved, he changed his clothing, and he came to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I've had a dream and there's no one who can interpret it, but I have heard it said of you that you can understand a dream to interpret it. Do you see how desperate Pharaoh is? He's now dipping into his dungeon in order to find a solution. Verse 16, so Joseph answered Pharaoh saying, it is not in me. God will give answer of peace to Pharaoh. That tells you something about Joseph. The first words he speaks to Pharaoh, the mighty one, the most powerful person in all of Egypt, who is considered by the Egyptians to be God in the flesh. The first words that he speaks to this one who the Egyptians consider a man-god of a sort. 
is it's not me who's going to help you. It's God above who's going to help. The very first words. What does that tell you about Joseph's boldness? Powerful. It has not been eroded one iota during the time in prison because he has been drawing close to the Lord. He's experienced intimacy with God during that time in prison. Then jumping down to verse 37, we have to skip quite a bit. So the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find such a one as this, a man in whom is the spirit of God? See, now Pharaoh's already talking about the spirit of God. Verse 39, Pharaoh says to Joseph, inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. Do you see how desperate, do you see how, how open and willing Pharaoh is? He is willing to receive a man from the dungeon, a foreigner, in this situation. And to honor him, he says, there's no one as discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house, and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, see, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. That's a picture of how desperate Pharaoh was, and yet how open he was. Pharaoh was in trouble, Joseph was in trouble, and you know what happened? God brought the two of them together to be solutions for each other. And it was not just a solution for themselves, it was a solution for their nations. Egypt needed Joseph. Israel needed Joseph. Now you might say, it sure could have been easier for Joseph. It surely could have been organized in a different way. But the fact is, this is how God was working in his life, and Joseph knew it. If you were to ask Joseph, would you trade an easier life for the life you actually had? I think he would tell you the truth. No. I'll take the life God gave me. What about all the tears? What about the loneliness? That life. What about the difficulty? What about the betrayal? That life. In fact, as we'll read next week, when, when Joseph and his brothers are reunited, Joseph sees the hand of God at work. The brothers are afraid because they had been moving in their own carnal, fleshly motivations, but not Joseph. You see, all the time that Joseph had been down in Egypt, the Lord was with them. Potiphar saw it. Pharaoh saw it. They saw that God was present with Joseph. And you know how they knew it was God? Because Joseph told them, how are you prospering? The hand of God is with me. How do you interpret dreams? Well, think about what a lot of people would say. Well, I have spiritual gifts. I'm a great man of God. I'm wise. If you want to know the secret, watch my TV show. <clears throat> Joseph was a man who was humble, not proud. 
If there was one thing he would boast in, it was in the Lord, not in himself. And even at the moment when Pharaoh entrusts everything to him, he doesn't become a cocky guy, self-confident. He understands something. He is now in that position because God put him in that position and God used Pharaoh to do it. God is with us in good times. Isn't that true? Yes? How many of you have experienced God during times of blessing? Yeah. And how many of you have experienced God during times of difficulty? Have, have, you noticed, have you noticed when things get tough, people pray more? When things get really tough, they pray even more. I, I had this period that was so tough years ago. It was so tough, I didn't know if I could survive. It just went on year after year. And I was pressing into God, and, and I found the Lord in a whole new way during that time. But as I came out of that, I, I discovered something about the Lord. He, he, he told me a secret. He, he said something like this to me. You seek me when times are difficult. And I said, yes, Lord, I do. And he said, that's the problem, because you don't seek me the same way when times are good. And I began to gulp. And he said, I'm so committed to you seeking me if what it takes is difficult times, I'll give them to you. <laughs> I straightened up. Lord, I'll seek you when there's blessing. I'll seek you when there's abundance. I'll seek you when there's plenty. I'll seek you when there's no trouble at my door. And you know what I found? He's faithful. If we can learn to bless him during the times of good and to bless him during challenging times, he won't be limited in using challenging times to draw life out of us. God's with us when everyone else has left us. Joseph learned that. When we're all alone, God's with us. And what does he do? He keeps us. Not only does he draw close to us, he protects us. He watches over us. You see, circumstances cannot separate you from the love of God. They will try to do it, but they don't actually have the power to do it. And so I want to I tell you this. Do not surrender to your circumstances. There's another kind of surrender that's needed. It's a surrender to God that comes when you offer to God a broken and a contrite heart. I want to share with you just a few scriptures that speak to this. You'll be able to find these scriptures if you're not taking notes. You can find these scriptures on all of our social network pages. You can go to Twitter at DL Shalom, Tumblr DL Shalom. You can go to Facebook. You can find my personal Facebook. You can find Beth Israel's Facebook page, Messianic Jewish Teachings Facebook page. The scripture references are all there. And so you can... You can find them right now and just read along with me. Psalm 34, verses 17 through 19 says, The righteous cry and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. 
How many of you knew that was in your Bible? Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Psalm 51, verse 17. My sacrifice, my offering, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart you, God, will not despise. What do we offer to the Lord? A broken heart, a broken spirit, a contrite heart. Isaiah 57, verse 15. This is what the high and the exalted one says. He who lives forever, whose name is holy, I live in a high and holy place, but also with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit. Do you know the word for humility in Hebrew speaks of being low on the ground? So God's saying, I'm high, but I come down to the one who's low. To revive the spirit of the lowly, to revive the heart of the contrite. You see, it is so important for our own wills to be broken. There is a humbling before God that each of us has to go through. And it can, it can follow one of two patterns. We can humble ourselves before God at our initiative. Or he can humble us at his initiative. In any case, in order to break a certain aspect of our own will, God will humble us or allow us to be humbled if we don't do it ourselves. And our will has to be broken. I'll tell you why. We're wild horses. <laughs> if you'd like the person next to you, smile at him and say, you are a wild horse. You are a wild horse. You're a wild horse. We all are wild horses. And what do you have to do to ride a wild horse? You've got to break it, right? And it's a certain kind of breaking. You've got to break its resistance to being trained. That's what God has to do with us. He, he wants... He wants to break our will, specifically that part of our will that is independent of God. Maybe you don't recognize that you've got an aspect of your will that works like that. I can do it my way. I can do it on my own. My opinion is the most important opinion. Mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? You know how we are. You see, that aspect of our will that does not depend on God, that does not trust him, that wants to go our own way, that has to be broken. Now, here's the problem for religious folk. You can believe in God and not depend on God. You can believe in God but not trust him with your circumstances. I found it's much easier to trust God for other people's circumstances than my own. There was a period in my life where God gave me faith for other people's impossible situations. They'd come to me, I'd pray, and I had, I had generous faith about their impossible situations, and I would pray for them, and you know what? Their impossible situations would get fixed. Then I discovered 
I had less faith about my own impossible situations. And there was a moment when the Holy Spirit said, you pray that I'll give you impossible situations. I choked. (laughs) Why me? (laughs) Why me? Well, I'll tell you why me. Because there are things in life that you need to take hold of for yourself, not just for other people. And once you do, then your ability to help other people is magnified. And you can help people in a different way. But I constantly am running into people who can tell others that God loves them, but they don't know it themselves. Once they discover the love of God for themselves, the impact they can have on other people is magnified. It's multiplied. Sometimes people come to God, but this aspect of their will is not broken. We come like wild horses, and we need to be harnessed. We need to be broken so we can be trained. Joseph's will was broken. He accepted the Lord's authority, and the Lord's goodness, his authority. He knew the Lord was in charge. And his goodness, he knew the Lord was working for good. It was so important that Joseph's will was broken in this way because Pharaoh needed him. Egypt needed him. The Egyptian people would have starved had it not been for Joseph. They would have been destroyed. Israel needed him. Israel was in the famine too. And Israel also would have starved. The people of Israel and Egypt needed Joseph. Joseph was God's man in the right place at the right time with the right attitude, ready to serve the Lord and open to God's plans. I have noticed that sometimes people hate their lives because of their circumstances. Sometimes people turn away from God because of their circumstances. But the fact is... If you study Joseph's life, it was his circumstances that built him up. It was the circumstances, as difficult as they were, that purified him. It was the circumstances that drew him close to God. It was the circumstances that put him in the right position. Do you know Joseph was not a a kid with a good plan? Hey, I got an idea. I want to be prime minister of Egypt. And I've got a plan for it, too. If I can get my brothers to hate me so much that they'll sell me into slavery, this plan will work. But then i got to get thrown into prison. How can I work that out? This was not Joseph's plan. Sometimes when things don't go our way, we blame God. When we don't get what we want, how we want it, when we want it, we say, God, where are you? Joseph is in prison and people are saying, where is God? We know where God is. God is with Joseph. Can you imagine having that kind of vivacious life where even if you're in prison, people recognize you as being with God? It can happen. Isn't it true? It can happen. Happened to Paul, happened to Peter, happened to others. Maybe it happened to you. 
God uses our circumstances to make us ready. And God will use your circumstances to build your strength and your power and your boldness and your faith. You see, if you want to, to become bold, you need to be put into situations that will require boldness. He'll use your circumstances to deliver you from fear. And you know how God delivers us from fear often? He puts us in terrifying situations. And in those situations, we're torn to either give in to fear or to surrender to God. And when we surrender to God, the fear starts moving away from us. Confidence moves in. Not in ourselves, but in God. So God will use your circumstances to deliver you from fear, to deliver you also from false understandings. Oh, I thought it was going to go like this. It went a different way. Joseph had some false understandings. Hey, brothers, guess what? I'm better than you. Dad likes me more, and I'm going to be in charge. <laughs> Their response, not if we have anything to say about it. God will use circumstances, difficult circumstances, to deliver us from empty vision. What do I mean by empty vision? Self-centered vision. Any vision that's all about us, that's egocentric, that's an empty vision. Any vision that moves God from the center of your real life and puts him on the sidelines, that's an empty vision. Wrong goals and purposes that drive you. Maybe you've got to prove yourself to other people because you're, you could never satisfy your father because he was a perfectionist. Well, that's empty. It's important to get healed of that and to, to move on. You serve a heavenly father who's not like that. You can please him. How do you please your heavenly father? With faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. With faith, it's possible. Faith means you, you believe in God, you depend on him, you trust him, and you become dependable for him. God can also use difficult circumstances to deliver you from a hopeless future. Sometimes when we're in difficult situations, we give up on our hope and our faith and we trade them in for hopelessness and for fear and we think everything's over, it's ruined. Nothing's gonna go well. I'm in prison. I'm forgotten. There's nobody on earth who even knows I'm here who's missing me. That was the experience of Joseph, but he didn't give in to that thought. You know what he gave himself to? God, you have me here. You have me here. You have a plan, Lord. I can worship you. I can serve you. I can be faithful to you here. I can be the best servant you've got in this prison. Circumstances can deliver us from false destiny. We may think we know what our lives are all about, but we can never really know until we develop a real relationship with God and let him reveal to us what our future is all about. Sometimes people figure out what kind of future they want to make for themselves. They they're faithful in their education. They develop a career based on that. They move in a, forward in a profession. And then they discover that there's yet another calling beyond their profession. 
That's why sometimes doctors change careers. Did you know doctors can do that? I have a friend who was a successful lawyer, but there came a time when he decided not to be under the law and became a Messianic Jewish missionary to Ukraine and moved to Ukraine, Odessa, and served there faithfully in the most difficult of circumstances. I remember visiting with David and Leslie Schneier when they were living in Odessa, and we're walking there in the winter, and there are wild dogs roaming in the city. It was a little bit scary. There were holes in the ground that you could fall into as you're just walking down the sidewalk. There were buildings whose facades would just were so decayed they just fall down. It's scary, true. It was terrifying. The water was dangerous to drink. The heat was regularly unavailable. And they loved the life God gave them because they were serving the Lord. God can use your circumstances to deliver you into his will for you, into his purposes, into his calling. You know, sometimes you can't find your way, and God will allow circumstances to lead you when you can't even discern it. It'll seem accidental to you, but it's not. God's in charge. It'll seem that you're not fulfilling your destiny, but God's watching over. You see, he's in authority over the whole world, including you. He knows what he's doing, and he knows how to work for good. God has plans for you. He has hope and future for you. So what's the key? The key is submit yourself to God. It's not enough to say, I believe that there is a God. Yeshua has a terrible commentary on that. He says even demons believe there is a God. It's not to your credit to be able to say that. But it's necessary to not just believe that he exists, but to submit ourselves to him to put our will under his will, to allow our independent will to be broken, and then to depend on him. Do you know when Joseph was in prison, he had to depend on God because there was no one else he could depend on? No one else was looking out for him. No one else cared about him. God cared about Joseph, and Joseph knew it. That's why Joseph's personality is healed. It's not distorted in times when he's in prison or in trouble. It's healed and renewed because during those times of difficulty, Joseph experienced the healing power of God's intimate presence. He learned to depend on God. It's necessary. You can pray all the prayers you want. You can lift your hands up. You can dance. You can smile the whole time you're here. But what do you do when you're all by yourself? It's important to trust God to the very end. Matthew 10, says, it's the one who has endured to the end who will be saved. Just so that you don't think that's random, Yeshua repeated himself, Matthew 24, 13. The one who endures to the end he will be saved. 
You see, holding on to the goals and holding on to the purposes, these are critically important. The, the full measure of salvation includes experiencing God in this world, not just after you die. And so the salvation that's being spoken of here is this, that if you will walk with God from now to the very end, you'll experience God's saving power now and tomorrow until the very end. And then you'll discover that God's saving power is also useful for eternity. That's why the writers of Hebrews wrote in Hebrews 10.23, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope that we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promise. I want to close now with, a, with just a prayer for anyone who's in a difficult spot, anyone who's in a hard situation, anyone who's in a place where you're not sure what, what the next chapter is going to be. Of course, you, we could say to you, like Rabbi Yuri said, don't worry, it turns out fine. We know the next chapter in Joseph's life, everything works out. But that's not how God works in your life. You have to depend on him. You have to learn to trust in him now. And I, anybody who's just in a situation where, where you know if God doesn't help you, you're going to be in trouble or you won't get out of trouble, I, I want to ask you to stand right now. It doesn't have to be a total disaster. It can be small. But if you know you don't have the power to get yourself out of the circumstance you're in, into the next circumstance, I want to pray for you. Because I believe God wants to, to deliver you not just out of a difficult circumstance, but he wants to deliver you into the future that he's preparing for you. Lord, I thank you for the men and women who are standing right now, and, and I lift them up to you, and I pray that your encouragement will just fill their hearts and fill their minds, that they will know, first of all, that you are with them, and that they will know that they are in Messiah Yeshua. Lord, I pray for anyone who doesn't have that living, intimate relationship with you through Messiah. I pray that today would be a new beginning for them, that they would say, yes, Lord, I want to follow you. Yes, Lord, thank you for the atonement that Yeshua has made for me. Yes, Lord, thank you for the love you show me by sending your son into this world that this would be a new beginning, Lord, not just for, for such people, but it would be a new beginning for anyone who has found themselves facing two years of trouble, two years of loneliness, two years of hardship, two years of betrayal or being forgotten, or even longer than that. And I pray that this Hanukkah would be a new beginning, a time of cleansing and a time of dedication, a time of renewal and a time of power, a time of victory, Lord. A time of light and not darkness. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Thank you for being so good to us. You who are with Joseph are also with us. We thank you for your love and your faithfulness in Yeshua's name. Amen.
Amen. We're going to close with Aaron's blessing. Would you please rise? Yivarechecha Adonai v'yishmarecha. Ye'er Adonai panavelecha v'yichunecha. Yisa Adonai panavelecha v'yasam lecha. Shalom. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep watch over you and protect you. The Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face to you and give you peace. In the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. Amen. Shabbat Shalom. Hanukkah Sameach.